Hi, this is Louis Canio. Welcome to the Doctor and Dad podcast. This fast-paced weekly podcast delves into the latest scientific findings on how we can all live longer and better lives. I'm the dad, and my daughter, Nicole, is a family medicine doc who trained at the renowned Cleveland Clinic. We hope you enjoy this short, informative show, and please be sure to visit thedoctorandad.com. Uh, and by the way, the doctor is abbreviated in that. So it's T-H-E-D-R-A-N-D-D-A-D.com for the show notes um, and other resources to help you learn about extending your health span. Within the notes, you'll find links to a bunch of stuff we discussed. So be sure to check it out. And thanks for listening. Hi, doctor. Hi, Dad. So uh, I have to say at the start, uh, for our frequent listeners, they may notice that you sound quite a bit clearer. <laughs> Not that you didn't sound clear in the past, but crystal clear uh, mm -hmm. today. Um, so so why, why is that? Well, just upgraded from just a regular cell phone recording this to, I guess you'd call this a microphone. <laughs> Or a podcast. It is a microphone. Yes, definitely plugged into your <laughs> plugged into your computer. So you're you've gone professional on me. Just a little bit better sound. Yes. It, yep. It, it well, it's very clear from this end. So we'll see how it how it, how it is on the recording. Uh, but I'm going to try to uh, step up my game game next uh, for the next podcast. Uh, given that uh, you're uh, you're showing me how it's done. So uh, we're going <laughs> to talk about food labels. Not so much. You know, we're not digging into a scientific study, but um, you know, it, it did strike me that that we don't maybe focus enough on the blocking and tackling of, you know, how to stay healthy a little bit. And and reading a food label um, is definitely uh, falls in that blocking and tackling category of things that that people ought to be doing. So um, sounds potentially a little boring, but I think uh, I think between the two of us, we can make it damn exciting. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know about that, but we'll, we'll do our best. Useful. We'll do our best. So, um, it, well, I certainly learned a couple of things uh, doing the research for this one. So um, the U.S. Uh, FDA, Food and Drug Administration, kind of writes the rules on food labeling. And, and it's, it's funny, you know, you can imagine it, an era before um, companies had to label food kind of accurately or whatever. So I'm sure it was filled with all sorts of marketing stuff. Not that it the the um, at least the the uh, labels or uh, or the the uh, printing on whatever type of food you're you're getting doesn't have a whole lot of of um, marketing stuff. Marketing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm looking at so so I'm gonna uh, use as my prop, and actually listeners may want to grab a, a a piece of food from their uh, from their cupboard, particularly a processed um, food. Uh, I'm going to use a can of soup, but you could you could use a bar or chips or whatever just to kind of follow along on the food label. But mine is uh, traditional Progresso creamy roasted chicken with herb dumplings. Gross. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> amongst amongst <laughs> the the, the non-FDA regulated information on this is the fact that it's made with white meat chicken with no antibiotics ever. Never, not ever. ever. No <laughs> it's got no artificial flavors, and but there's an asterisk to that one. It says, except that which occurs naturally in yeast extract and tomato extract. So, okay. So, but, so natural artificial flavors? I guess so. <laughs> um, 
And, and, and I'll be happy to know there's no MSG added to this ingredient. I mean, this this food. So interesting. Yeah. And I should be careful because the edges are sharp when the can is open. So that's the marketing <laughs> you have on on the that's soup. A, that's what it says on the soup. That I think their attorneys said you got to you got to put that just in case someone cuts themselves and mm -hmm. sue us because the edges were sharp. So anyway. Yeah, I can't imagine what things looked like before you, they had to put accurate <laughs> labeling exactly, on them. Exactly, a bunch of other stuff. And actually, the, the regulated stuff only comes in a fairly narrow. So I would say out of the full label on this can of soup, probably 25, no more than 30% is the regulated stuff. And then the other 70% is, you know, the more, all the marketing kind of stuff. Um yeah. So what I learned was there are five basic elements that a label has to include. So it's the identity of the product, which kind of makes sense. I want to know what, what mm -hmm. I'm eating. The net weight of the product, the manufacturer's address, so where it was manufactured, the actual nutrition facts that are on it. And that, they come in a, you know, a box that's that's kind of clearly labeled nutrition facts and then an ingredients list, unless there is one exception to an ingredients list. You don't need an ingredients list if you are producing a one ingredient food. Oh, interesting. Makes sense. Like, so like an apple. Well, yeah, but that's not a produced <laughs> food. I'm thinking more like a maple, maple right. syrup. Would, okay. Would need an ingredients list. Hmm. So. So, um, so that that's so it's got those five things, but we're gonna um, we're going to focus on the nutrition facts uh, on on the label, um, and there's three elements. But before we get into that, um, I'm going to ask the doctor. It, we're going to talk a lot about um, percent of daily value or percent of recommended dietary allowance, that sort of thing. So, what what is that? How it's because that's always been kind of a mystery to me as to how that is, um, you know, calculated or how do they come up with those numbers? Yeah, it's tough because it's, everyone's different. So from male to female, kid, young adult, you know, adult, someone who's sedentary, someone who's super active, everyone's, you know, um, kind of what you need nutrient wise varies a little Absolutely. bit. Um, but what the nutrition label, the RDA or recommended dietary allowance is going to tell you the average daily level of whatever it is that's sufficient to meet the nutrition requirements for 97 to 98% of healthy people for almost all healthy people. So it kind of allows you to meet the, I wouldn't say minimum, but it, it gives you a little bit of, of leeway there um, for just all your general nutrients that you need to sustain a, a healthy life. And I think what really, instead of looking at it like, oh, I need to make sure I get at least this much. I think most people are looking at it like, you know, I've already met my <laughs> blank for the day, um, whether it's fat. Um, so I think looking at it as a, um, a limiting piece of information is maybe a little bit more helpful um, just to give you an idea about how much of whether it's calories, fat, carbohydrates you are, you've already had or what you're about to eat is giving you. 
but this is probably the most helpful if you are keeping track of everything, like keeping track of your carbohydrates and keeping track of your calories that you're taking in um, and using it to really kind of fine tune your diet. Because I think most people would just glance at it and not really have a whole lot to kind of compare it to or, or put it into perspective. And I think I tell people all the time just to spend a week writing down every single thing that you eat with calories and just basic information like calories, carbs, fat, sugar, whatever, protein. Um, and do that for a week because everyone underestimates what they're taking in. Um, and, but if you have these food labels, it makes it a bit easier to kind of keep everything into perspective. But the, you know, the, the recommended dietary allowance RDA, which you'll see on the back of all the, on all the food labels, um, it's going to show you kind of the maximum amount of calories and nutrients you should eat every day. And it's developed by the food and nutrition board at the Institute of Medicine, at the National Academies, whatever that is, um, but uh, presumably trustworthy and scientific, um, and um, but subject was still subject to some, some yeah, debate. exactly because this was the same kind of people who used to say that, like you know, you should eat a low fat, you know, the low fat diet where yeah. everything became high yeah. sugar. So, yeah. but I think now. Um, since they've come under so much scrutiny, things have shaped up to be a, a bit better. Um, so I think then the intake for total sugars, which this is kind of interesting, includes sugars from milk, fruits and vegetables, and added sugar. Um, and it's funny that they kind of take sugars from milk as a <laughs> as a separate type of thing to mention. Sugar. Yeah. Sugar from milk. Um, now, it's funny because my... I don't know. My... Oh, I guess. So, so when I look at, you know, this, uh, this is like a creamy soup, so it's got some cream in it, which would be a milk product, so to speak. Um, right. But it doesn't, so it, it lists out sugars at two grams in mine, but it does not indicate that those, what types of sugars, if they're added or milk sugars or whatever. So I know I've seen some, and so like, I've got a kind protein bar. And especially foods that are trying to be marketed more as like healthy and right. from real, this, this particular bar is like from protein from real food. And obviously it's trying to lean towards a little bit healthier than just like your chewy granola bar. Um, so they'll take the carbs and then under the carb heading, it will be separated into fiber, total sugars, added sugars, and sugar alcohols. Interesting. So yeah, maybe it's because then I can assume there are no added sugars or sugar alcohols in mine. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I would assume they would be on the label. Yeah, they should be. be. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. And the carbohydrate breakdown is a popular one to separate out because of the whole, you know, low carb um, phenomenon where if you see Oh, 17 grams of carbs, that's a lot, but then five grams of that's going to be fiber. So you can take those away. So then you're really seeing your total sugars. Um, so lots of times you'll see the carbohydrates broken down. Yeah. And let's talk about that. That's an important piece because, um, because, you know, as we talked about in the past, uh, processed carbs in particular are just so bad for, for us because, 
mm -hmm. our bodies um, convert them into into blood sugars relatively quickly. It spikes our insulin levels. It you know is kind of often a precursor to metabolic um, dysfunction, including diabetes, all those sorts sorts of things. So then it'll say, for example, your total carbohydrates, and then next to it will be your percent, like what percentage that is for your daily allowance. So for total carbohydrates of this kind bar, it's 17 grams in total, including sugars and fibers, that's 6% of your total carbs. Um, and then for fiber, which I think we had a podcast just on fiber, um, and that it doesn't take too much to uh, meet your dietary fiber recommendations but for six grams of fiber in this bar that's 21 percent of your daily yeah value. you know but so. i wonder about that because i'm i read someplace that um your recommended daily allowance of dietary fiber is 28 grams and maybe that's not an rda maybe mm -hmm. it's just what, what's recommended but they're saying uh that actually scratch that but that yeah my, because my math is all messed up one one gram yeah. one gram is six percent and 20 you know 28 times six is right. probably a hundred percent no that 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 math doesn't work out right right if i'm doing right. it no nah, i don't think it does but i mean if six if six grams here is 20 percent and you multiply six by five. Oh, you get yeah. Yours, is, yours is close. Yours is close. Mine, mine isn't as close. So, but maybe it's maybe it's yeah. more than one gram. They just round it to one gram. But hey, right. We get off of, yeah. off of that. Yeah. The the uh, the real subject. So I'm going to go through what one of the things to note um, on these food labels is the serving size, because mm -hmm. everything is based off the serving size, right? You know that. Right, we probably should have. Yeah, we with probably that. should have, because because like calories are the fat, uh, everything is all of the percentages you see are based on the serving size, and and what's interesting is serving size is the typical um uh, and and who makes who who makes this determination is a good question, because it's so it's the typical amount that someone would eat in a single sitting, <laughs> right? So for this <laughs> can of soup the serving size is one cup and there are two servings per, per container. Now <laughs> I know if I was going to eat this soup, I think I'd eat the whole cup can <laughs> pretty easy. Yeah. No one's eating. No, no one's splitting that with someone. Right. For so dinner. if I was, if I didn't realize that this had two servings in it, when I looked at the calories, which are 140, I'd be like, Oh, not bad. <laughs> yeah. Not, that not say, bad at all. Not the two eighties, all that bad for, for, it depends on what you're using soup it for, or whatever, yeah. but still, I'd be I'd be a little deceived. Um, and and then yeah. everything else would be doubled. Like my the um, the RDA for for fat um, from one serving of this is is going to be ten percent. So if I ate the whole percent of my RDA fat for the day, just just from this right. can, yeah. And I'd also have about, if I ate the can, 18% of my fat intake would be, be there. Right. Um, what's, what's interesting yeah. is trans fats also are on here. And your RDA of trans fats is zero, I think. Correct. Yep. So none of Yeah, that was kind of newer over the last, you know, couple of years. Now, I wonder if anybody makes a product these days with that, that includes trans fats given so 
trans fats are like the worst types of fats um, that you can take in. Um, and it wasn't that long ago that trans fat in food was okay. Not okay, but it was allowed right. in food. Right. We didn't know it was bad and, for us, really. Yeah. Or you knew it was bad, but it was like, is it that bad? Right. Um, so, but now the FDA has, you know, put its label on it that it's it's kind of like no food should have it in it. Um, so it all has to be very clearly labeled. And then I'm pretty sure foods have to have it removed, like foods that still use artificial trans fats. Um, if they're still available for sale, they have to um, remove it from their ingredient list, like within the next year. I think that their time frame is gotcha. coming up soon. Gotcha. So you should, you really don't want to eat any product that has any trans fats on the. I'm pretty sure there won't be any like, that have it anyway. Right. Gotcha. But if there are, you really should probably just forego that, yeah. that item. Because under fats, you'll see usually saturated and unsaturated. Yeah. Yeah. Now, cholesterol is on here as, an, as a, uh, a component, uh, a, a nutritional component. Uh, but, but we're not as concerned about that as we used to be. Is that, is that correct? Right. Yeah, the actual you know, cholesterol that's on food labels is, um, is not something that we are super concerned with because it doesn't seem to impact your cholesterol levels. Right. Right. So, and, or, or what I, I think I've read is for maybe 30% of people, what you take in in cholesterol can affect your, your blood cholesterol levels, but there's been not a whole lot of correlation between your, um, food cholesterol intake and let's say your risk of heart disease, which is kind of interesting. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think like 30% at most it has an impact. Yeah. But, but it's, yep. so that almost is a relic because if it's, if it's, you know, somewhat inconsequential, why do you even list it on the, on the, the label as some, something that kind of people should, should pay attention to. I mean, the, the fact that they put it on here, you know, and, and, in bold. So it's one of those, you know, there's mm -hmm. fat in bold, there's mm -hmm. cholesterol in bold, there's sodium, which we'll get to potassium um, and, and carbs, but sugars, which are, you know, I would argue are much worse ingredient, are right. not in bold. You know, there's, they're kind of a right. subcategory down there. And so this is kind of like the, and I remember food labels before didn't used to have anything in bold. So they, it's designed, you can look it up on how they design the food labels so that you do see um, the, what has been deemed most important information. So yes, we can disagree that, you know, the sugar is probably the most, one of the most important things on here and should be bolded, but it's helpful that the serving size is bolded and the total calories are bolded and yes. bigger. Yeah. Um, yeah. But because it used to just be a, everything the same and then, size and same, you know, bold or not bold. Um, so they, they have made progress. Um, but I would agree to probably unbold cholesterol and put sh added, at least added sugars. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe put something around that just, you know, and um, process, you know, I guess is, would you equate, so all, 
sugars are processed carbs, but not, well, I may, that may have, you know, I'm trying to um, think as I'm talking, which obviously I, I don't do a good job at. Um, so would you say all, I don't think we can say all sugars are processed carbs and all processed carbs. No, sugars. there's, there's natural yeah, sugars. Absolutely. There's, I mean, there's sugars in most of your vegetables, there's sugars in fruits. Um, those are not processed. So processed would be your, um, uh, like corn syrup right. and high fructose corn syrup, syrup and all the kind of manufactured more sweetener um, <laughs> things. But, but like fructose is a natural sugar. sugar. And if you like look at the food label of an apple, it doesn't say added. There's not going to be any added sugars. There's just sh the sugar that's the naturally fructose. occurring in yeah. the food. So where you pick up that is you you need to read the ingredients list. Yeah, and if right. I, if, generally, if I see high fructose corn syrup, you know, near the top of any ingredients list, I'm going to put that item down. It's just that's right. That stuff's killer right. for you. Um, um, and I think we, as we might have talked about on a previous podcast, um, fructose in, in general needs to, you need to kind of keep an eye on it. Now, fresh fruits are, you know, be, because you're getting plenty of fiber, a little bit different, but fructose can can. Um, be and this would be make a good topic i think for one of our podcasts um fructose can be problematic particularly if you're trying to lose weight right yeah it can be so that's you know the that's moderation piece and like so this kind bar is obviously sweetened it's not just the the peanuts um so the first ingredients peanuts and then um root fiber soy protein and then honey and then glucose syrup um and then sugar. So there's a good amount of you know, sugar in, in here. It's, yeah. How many does it say? How many yeah. uh, total carbs are in that? Um, yeah. The total carbs is 17 okay. grams with six grams of fiber. So 11. Um, and then it, total sugars are seven with five grams of added sugars. So there's five yeah. grams of so added sugar. So not the sugar. best thing. I mean, you'd like to see less probably, but not the, not the worst. But. Yeah, how, about, um, how about sodium for yours? Because th this is where mine, you know, that uh, up until this point, this this creamy, you know, soup um, was was not looking too too bad from a health perspective. You know, 140 calories per serving. So even if I ate, you know, the whole thing, it's 280. It's not too bad. It's got, you know, not an overly ridiculous amount of fat or saturated fat. Some, um, but sodium. Um, in this can, this is just per serving, is 670 milligrams, which is a whopping 28% of my my RDA for sodium. So the whole can would be 56, over half of my daily mm -hmm. allowance of, of sodium. Yep. Sodium is a sneaky one because it doesn't take much. Um, really, it's so like the CDC and maybe even the FDA will um says 2300 milligrams of sodium as part of as part of a healthy diet um but i think um the more recent recommendations is 1500 milligrams um and 1500 milligrams of sodium is like two-thirds of a tablespoon of oh, salt yeah yeah which is like think about that Not that's much. nothing no uh yeah, I, I read that same thing that that it's more like fifteen hundred is what you should stick with, and this is you know has has become um, a higher kind of priority for me. And you know you can't watch 
you, know, you can't make everything um, around this sort of thing a priority. But but um, in addition to watching processed carbs, um, I'm watching sodium um, more diligently because um, as we age, we have a tendency to um, have our blood pressure go up as our eyes right. harden uh, and become less helpful in pumping the blood around our body. And um, in addition to the cardiovascular um, problems of, of high blood pressure, I've read that um, it can be, um, if not a cause, it can be related, a, a related or an underlying, I don't know, I guess you'd say cause of, of um, Alzheimer's or dementia. Be- because mm-hmm. the blood flow to the very small capillaries in the brain is, is affected. And thus the energy that your brain needs to function is um, becomes somewhat limited. Right. Yep. So it's definitely one to pay attention to and one that can be very sneaky um, in most foods. I mean, this, the, the protein kind bar, um, which is of course considered more of like a sweet, then salty has 6% of your daily sodium in it. Right. Right. And I assume serving size is one bar. Correct. Yes. With salt, I just tell people don't add salt to your foods because there's generally, you're probably going to come up with 1500 milligrams with just the foods that you eat without. Yeah. Like, like don't add. Yeah. Don't Don't salt like the whole, like salt, put salt shake. There shouldn't be like salt shakers on a table on table that you know what? And that becomes that is so habitual because we are our taste yeah. buds are habituated to a certain level. And then mm-hmm. we're like, oh, because I salt my food. So, well, I'm gonna, but that's a habit <laughs> that I'm gonna need to work on after this. Well, and as you get old, as people as people get older, your taste buds change and um, like your taste decreases over time. Um, so even besides what your taste buds are used to, um, as you, that's why a lot of older people will salt and oversalt things because you just, you lose some of yeah. your taste yeah. in general. Interesting. So. Uh, now I'm surprised to see potassium listed on the ingredient list. Um, is it, is it on yours as well? It's, and it's in bold. It is. Let me see. No, I think if it's, I don't, I don't have any potassium on here. Oh, mine's at the bottom with like some other vitamins. Um, and it's at 4% and it's not bolded. I think it's probably if it's um, at a level. certain yeah. level, mine's it has to be. Because potassium, yeah, that's probably why this is 4%. Um, because potassium is one that can potentially hurt you if you go too high. Or if you don't have enough. Or if you don't have enough, but I'm more acutely concerned with it being too high. And a lot of people do have to follow a high or a low potassium diet. So that might be part of it too. Um, And then, so we talked about carbohydrates. The last thing on here from a, from a, you know, macro perspective is protein Um, at five grams. It's interesting that there is no percentage next to that. You don't have any percentage. I've got twelve grams, and it's fourteen percent. Yeah, it's interesting. Mine has no percentage next to it. Now, I, I, I did read that. So they've got a listed out there, but I did read that it's a somewhat less a concern because almost all Americans get their RDA of protein in a typical day. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose yeah. if you're vegan, you might have you know some more challenges getting your your RDA of protein, but typically not a, not as big yeah. a deal. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, I've 
for a long time I've lifted weights and, and, um, but not really, you know, certainly not competitively or whatever, but then, um, but I've read. So when I read things about weightlifting and nutrition, whatever, um, they're always talking about your protein intake should be about a, uh, one gram per pound of body weight, which mm-hmm. um, is a heck of a lot more. I read somewhere that the, the daily reference intake for an adult for protein was like 50 grams. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, for a, 200 pound person, it'd be four times what the, what the, the, the weightlifters are saying is it's, you know, what you really should be taking is four right. times as much protein. Right. So I, you know, I guess we can go debate back and forth and I'm not aware of any, any studies. This would be a good thing to look up to say, okay, can you, can you actually take in too much protein? I guess you, you know, I guess Certainly. you can yes. and have kind of, all, uh, along with it, all kinds of other things like saturated fat is too high, et cetera. Yeah, that'd be an interesting one to do um, a podcast on around protein intake because um, there's definitely upsides and downsides to, you know, your protein intake and you can have too much protein and also the different um, the different sources of your protein, whether, you know, it's protein powder versus you know, regular protein, plant protein, animal protein. Um, but you can uh, start to affect your kidneys at certain levels. Now, what people are usually eating day to day is certainly not doing anything to their kidneys, but the people who are just trying to build muscle and are like, you know, using a ton of like, you know, when you hear creatine, um, and protein powder and everything starts to affect your certainly affect your kidneys. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we'll, 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 uh, we'll mark that down for a future podcast for sure. Um, the last thing on my nutrition list is, um, vitamins like vitamin A, C, that's iron and calcium. Not a whole lot of those though, like 2% of the calcium, um, RDA, 2% of the iron, 15% of vitamin A to oh, 0% of vitamin C. Am I getting too many vitamins yeah. in this thing? Yeah, and that's also interesting because you think that there's like vitamins in most foods, but not to any significant yeah. amount, it's, you know, unless you're eating a lot of fruits and vegetables. Um, this bar has 6% of iron, which not is bad. not not too bad, 2% of calcium, and then 4% of potassium. So, and and this it. is probably fodder for another podcast. Um, do, are you recommending, I, I've read various things, but um, do you recommend people um, take multivitamins these days or, or not so much? We definitely did a podcast on yes. this. I, I can't remember. Um, what do you do in, in terms of clinical advice? <laughs> yeah, I tell people that um, lots of times all of your vitamins and supplements are just giving you expensive pee because you're not absorbing them and you're peeing a lot of it out. And we talked yeah. about how the supplement business is a multi-billion dollar industry with that's not backed by the FDA and that's not, we don't have a lot of studies, you know, that show that all these different vitamins and supplements are beneficial. So I tell people in general, the best thing you can do is get all of this stuff through a colorful diet um, because that's where you're going to get the vitamins and minerals that you need and absorb them. Right. There are people, kids and adults who tell me that they just eat a terrible diet and it's essentially bland processed foods that all look different shades of beige. And those people probably would benefit from a multivitamin because even the little bit that gets absorbed 
is going to be better than nothing. Um, But the best thing you can do is get your vitamins through food and don't go crazy with your supplements and spend a lot of money um, because you're probably peeing a lot of it out. You're right. And those natural sources of vitamins are probably not going to have things like maltodextrin or titanium dioxide or (laughs) potassium chloride uh, or sodium phosphate, which are all ingredients in my chicken dumpling soup here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's the nice thing about this kind bar is it's all identifiable ingredients. Yeah. If you can pronounce it, that's a better, that's a better thing. I I guess I did pronounce those, but there's still, there's still a thing I want to eat. That's for sure. (laughs) Right. Well, good, Nicole. Yeah, I'm surprised you even have canned food well, in your pantry. This, who, I mean, who knows soup. when this can of soup get? I, I it, this probably uh, came here when I six months ago when I moved up up to Maine, and probably will will get shipped back to North Carolina when I move back to North <laughs> Carolina. So, so uh, yeah, it's it's great uh, paying to, to to ship this can of creamy roasted chicken with our dumplings back and forth. <laughs> okay. Uh. There's no, unfortunately, there's no goodwill for, for, you know, cans of soup. <laughs> so, right. Maybe I'll give it a no, 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 no. But at any rate, I, I think we've, uh, I think we've uh, hopefully educated our listeners uh, as much as they probably want or more um, around those nutrition facts. Read those labels. Um, that's, that's our yes. advice. And, uh, and uh, the fact that uh, there aren't labels on fresh fruits and vegetables is a good thing. So. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Well, you have a great rest of the day. I'll be talking to you soon. See ya. Bye. Thanks again for listening. You can visit thedoctorandad.com. That's spelled T-H-E-D-R-A-N-D-D-A-D.com for show notes to any of our podcasts, as well as other useful info on extending health span. Now the legal disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice, and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. Use of this information in show notes is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should should not disregard or delay taking medical advice or treatment for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their medical professional for any such conditions. We also want you to know that we take no funding from any product or service that may be mentioned on the Doctor and Dad podcast.